No, I was, <laughs> I was over getting a beer and she's like, and she, she goes, what are you, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm about to do the podcast. And she goes, why? And I was like, I don't know. Nobody listens. And then she started. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an excuse for the four of us to get together and drink beer on Monday nights. That's really it. If only we knew how to be intimate as male friends without (laughs) normalize male intimacy. (laughs) That's what the 55 One podcast is. Welcome to the 551 Podcast. I am Wes Berdine. I'm joined by Corey Schreppel, Mark Fangmeyer, Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria. Hey guys, it is uh it's great to uh to to do another podcast with you. We've got two games to talk about. Someone uh greet me. Say hello. Please hello. Hi. Did you did you guys see Hi Dad? Did you see the uh the Joe Biden version of the please clap that happened this week? Did you guys see that? He was was talking to like like, I think a neat group of like naval academy kids or whatever people yeah and uh and and he's like saying you know talking about my good judgment i married jill biden and i put whoever this guy is in charge of the the navy and he's like why don't you clap for that you stupid bastards (laughs) (laughs) just awesome how can you not want that man yeah uh, in the the most powerful office in the world he loves the (laughs) choo-choos he's just great all right um We uh we are gonna um talk about Minnesota United. They had two two games, um one point from those two games. Uh, although um I do want to say uh, I have a new rule I want to introduce guys, which is um, nil nil draws get each team negative one point. I think that that should be like that's a legit rule uh, that that we should do because that especially that game was like I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. I didn't I didn't even need to take a melatonin before bed. Oh, I'm my. I basically, I am now a ghost. This is the ghost of what <laughs> I saw. My soul leave my body, and it was like the the bright light. The tunnel was up ahead, and it was like fuck it, I'm going. I know I've got my I've got those kids to return to. They're beautiful. I love them, but no, this this life is not worth it. Um, but before we go to those, uh, we'll we'll do a little bit of roundup stuff. We've been just doing the games and stuff like that, mostly because. I don't know. We're 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 not keeping up with the world. Um, but uh, around MLS, we've got and there's a, little, a lot of games that happen every week. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's why we got two games. We spend eight hours uh, talking about uh, every minute detail of it. Um, but uh, you know, Corey, I want want you to start us off with this one. This is a. a well, I've only seen a tweet about it from JJ Post um, at uh, JJ Post on Twitter. Um, Give, give us the story of of Caden Clark, uh, uh, and and we can fill it in, I guess. But yeah, so so Caden Caden Clark Clark played for the uh, Minnesota Thunder Academy, which, and now he was uh, acquired by Red Bulls, and he's playing for um, Red Bulls Two. He was acquired and by Red it, Bull Two. Just yes, to, yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. From from what I understand, and basically what it means is he Red Bulls want to bring him into the first team. But they can't bring him into the first team because you need to have the players' rights. Minnesota United has inherited those rights 
from the Minnesota Thunder Academy because there's likely some like LLCs have followed through and whatever else. It's all strictly geography that he was it, born really? here is the only reason that we have player rights. I think to him because so, he actually he went from the Minnesota Thunder Academy to um, Barca's Academy in Arizona. Yeah, huh. he played while. Uh, it's my understanding, and again, we're all trying to figure this out because. God knows what the fuck is going on. But it's my understanding that, you know, Jackson Ewell played for Minnesota Thunder's Academy. We did not get his rights because he played for Minnesota Thunder Academy um, before we were, we had a, even an academy, right? Before we had a team. Sure. We were, it was 2017. Um, that because he played, this Caden Clark played in Minnesota for Minnesota Thunder Academy while we were a team, so therefore in MLS, so therefore we had those territorial rights. He played in an academy system in our homegrown territory, yeah, because um, he was not born in Minnesota. I don't uh, I think, I think he was born. But it's, it's then, interesting. I'm so that's I'm, why I'm going I'm going through JJ, the guy that, that that broke this news was. I'm going through his replies to people. And he was saying Clark played for the Minnesota Thunder Academy until age 13, leading Minnesota United to own his MLS rights, which prohibit uh, Red Bull New York from giving him first team minutes until they acquire said rights. Um, somebody says, uh, why would playing for MTA lead to Minnesota United owning his rights? Uh, it's not affiliated with Minnesota United. Does MNUFC own rights to all kids in a geographic area? And JJ replied, the rule is pretty complicated, but that's what it seems to boil down to, at least from what he can understand. So I don't think anybody knows. Basically, somehow Minnesota United have in, inherited the rights to this kid who never played for anything under Minnesota United, and now he can't play or be called up to the Red Bulls first team because Red Bulls don't have his rights. You can't and sign so, an MLS contract. contract. Correct. Um, so, and and Minnesota United wants some absurd amount for him, apparently. Yeah, we don't know that yeah, number. JJ says destiny. JJ says demanding a high fee for it. And I, I think, um, look, there's lots of stupid rules in, in uh, the league. Things like discovery rights or whatever. Usually discovery rights are just traded away for 50K in, in GAM. Or whatever, and and if that was like, it seems to me this is just one of those dumb rules. Minnesota should take fifty k in cam for work that they did not do. If they're asking for, I don't know what a high fee is. Maybe fifty k in cam is a high fee. Is is what they're considering? But yeah, but yeah, it could be. I mean, I just know that the 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 team is getting dragged by everybody at the athletic. Taylor Tolman, they're like every everybody's just saying you you can't you can't be asking for this if you don't have a real academy. Yeah. And and I think everyone <laughs> outside of the front office and the comms team for the team are on the same page. So yeah. um, we don't know. We'll keep following it. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, the Colorado Rapids had to post game their, their, uh, postpone their game, Mark. Yeah. So on they're supposed to play um, SKC on Sunday, and they had to postpone it because. Four, I think it's, I forget the combination. It's players and staff. Four players and staff tested positive for COVID. And now the to seven more have tested positive. So now the total is up to 11 players and staff. And um, we'll see what happens because they are supposed to be playing. Who do they play? Uh, they're supposed to play um, away uh, in Portland on Saturday. So we'll see what happens with Colorado. But yep. yeah, I mean, man, Colorado has a tough man between the was it the Gopher plague or the Groundhog prairie, plague, prairie dog plague, prairie dog plague, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, they're 
it's rough out there. Dick's whatever place. Times are tough. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rodrigo, you want to talk about Jackson Ewell, who uh, led uh, led the San Jose Earthquakes to a win at LAFC? So the lead up to this is the fact that, you know, like they played LAFC and it's tied 1-1. And I believe it's going into like the 95th, 96th minute. And in it, uh, uh, is it Christian? I'm trying to remember. Is it Christian Espinosa steals the ball, and it ricochets as an LAFC player, and 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 Espinosa is really is able to make a cross, as Jackson Jewel is making a run into the box, and literally does like um, uh, a backheel, backheel goal into into the LAFC, and they ended up winning two to one at that stoppage time, and it was. One of the craziest things I've seen, I, and I don't want to be in that locker room with Bob Bradley after that. I was kind of bummed that there was no reprise of the uh, of the uh, 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 magic spray celebration spraying. It I up know. In the air. Oh yeah, no, that would I have mean, been I, great. And I have not seen a team celebrate a regular season win that hard in a very long time. Like I know they like what they lost to Colorado five nothing. They lost to. Yeah. Portland six one like yeah. they're just getting slaughtered by everybody. So I mean, but yeah, it's. But still- I guess that's the question. I mean, to me, is like with all this going on, like how long, how long does Almeida last? If he lasts, is he back another year? I know he's got like a contract for his staff, but like at what point do you think you you make a decision like that? That that that's a not to go down too many tangents, but that's actually something that I would love to see. And revisit toward the end of the season is who is still around, who was or is in the hot seat, because it is such a like a weird season. Are with congested schedules, weird um, travel um, restrictions, the bubble, all that stuff. Do they just say, you know what? It none of this matters. You get another shot next year. We're just going to write this off. Like if we win, we win. Um. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think only the, um, only the teams that naturally have built-in pressure, like Atlanta, um, LAFC, uh, th- those teams have, uh, won't um, give that kind of benefit of the doubt. Uh, most of them won't. Minnesota United and San Jose, you know, San Jose are just like lucky to have Almeida. They're like, they're like just the, the total like five dating and nine and they're like doing whatever they can because they know that they're going to be left alone but it's just like i'm gonna ride this until i can until you know their 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 profile picture on tinder was from 10 years ago yeah yeah exactly i I just i just don't understand how uh the gm at san jose has anywhere close to a job with the club still he's been here for like four years and seen them through the biggest tire fires ever has yet, like even when Almeida came in, he didn't. They didn't add any players really. They maybe add like one or two guys. That's about it. Like they haven't been giving him anything to work with. And I just don't understand how their GM does the job. Yeah. Uh, last point is Gonzalo Higuain uh, comes to uh, MLS, and this was his second game, right? And in, in his second game, first game uh, against uh, Philadelphia Union, um, he gets a uh, he takes a PK and he sends that PK into the stratosphere 
And the best part about this is uh, is the Philadelphia Union players acting like children in a totally awesome way, uh, and just like running around him and taunting him. It was it was exactly the as a as a someone who is completely um, childish and has no shame himself. It was exactly what I want to see in soccer. It was classless. It was, it was, there was, yeah, it was, it was, it was absolute classless. It was just like looking at how unbelievably pissed off he was, not at the PK, but just at these children just taunting him. Like immediately, like they sprinted up to him and jumped up and around him and got into his face. And it was just like, it's beautiful. It was, it was, it was a beautiful moment. Go dupe. I, I think the best thing for me when I saw this on Twitter was when uh, Christine Kupo like totally like put this into perspective that I understand. And she said, I'm so glad Pipita Higuain came to the MLS so he could, so he could morally broadly demonstrate exactly what it's like to play pickup with any Argentine man ever. <laughs> um, and now we know why uh, they, they cannot succeed even with uh leo messi on the national team level um all right last point before we go to the break uh, minnesota united or the rest of mls's schedule um came out uh so we now know what the end of the season looks like it ends with a home game on november 8th at F- or home to fc dallas um other highlights i'll let you guys jump in with your highlights but minnesota united finally hosting a christian ramirez at Allianz field on uh october 18th um uh, so Ramirez, the the conspiracy, well, he might get traded just so they, that the conspiracy goes on. But um, <laughs> he will finally play at Allianz. Uh, so and, what, and also four days earlier, Calvo will finally make his triumphant return to Minnesota as well. So in the same Chicago, week, 10, Wednesday 14, into baby. Sunday, we'll have Calvo and Ramirez in back-to-back matches. This is what dreams are made of, guys. Oh, God. Guys, Guys, what are we gonna do? We should have like a fifty-five-one, like cut-up postcard for Calvo out there, like totally. <laughs> I, I'll yeah. go. I'll go in with that. I, I do think that at the bar, um, in the normal times, maybe in the sad times, um, I'll get a bottle of Malort, um, and we'll do a shot of Malort every time Calvo gives up a goal, <laughs> in any game, any you know, almost every time. If if there's a there's uh, a game, you know, Minnesota's up on the big screen. There's a one screen that I'll just I'll put a Roku on, and I'll be it's like, oh, what, game, what game to put on? And almost always it's like, well, Chicago's playing, so we might as well put that on. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, what else? Anything else from this? Uh, schedule looks pretty easy, right? Uh, am I, I mean, crazy in saying that? I mean, we play Cincinnati twice. We play... Kind of awesome because they are completely unable. They're not even trying to score anymore. They're just like... We will be happy with one point and zero zero draws, and that is it. Like it's awesome. Yeah, Nashville, I think, will be interesting. Abu Dunlady, um, if he's even playing and healthy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty much just like playing the same regional teams a, a million different times and figuring out how many different ways we can not win. Um, the, you know, the color. Boring, ahead. boring playing the same teams, but I, I oh, it say- sucks. Let me let me uh, read you this. This is these are the standings in the uh, overall table of the teams that we play against. We uh, play against the twenty team in twenty fourth, uh, Cincinnati. We play against the team in seventeenth, Nashville. Um, Dallas are in eleventh. 
Chicago are in where are they in twentieth. Houston are in eighteenth. Cincinnati again. Colorado are in. Uh, oh, they're better. Twelfth. That's the best team so far. And then Sporting Kansas City are in eighth. And then Dallas again. Um, that's a that's a pretty nice schedule. If I may where say where we so. at right where are we on that table? Um, fiftieth. Um, we're thirteenth. We're thirteenth. So we are yeah. literally right in the middle of. of uh, so I mean, it's like on one hand, yes, we we have an easier schedule, um, but at the same time, it's there's still a little there's still a decent amount of parity with some of the Western Conference teams that we're playing. Um, you know, I I would. I think it's deceptive. It looks deceptively easy. I think it's going to be harder than we think. But if we make it to the playoffs, I think we have a reputation of being a tournament team. And I think once we're there, all bets are off. Um, and I think we will get there. We might be the last place um, in the West, but, you know, we'll get there. Um, so uh, Andy Greeter, well, I, I had pointed out that... Um, we have uh, eight points from the last nine games, so we've played nine games since the uh, tournament. Um, uh, we've won um, two games in those nine. Um, Andy Greeter had an article today that was, oh, I lost it. Um, he said uh, Minnesota's averaged 0. 0.5 uh, points in the last four games, 0. 0.8 in the past 10. Um, don't know why he uses 10 there. Um if he's counting Orlando or, hmm, okay. Um, he says the pace to make MLS Cup playoffs in the Western Conference is roughly 1.3 points per game. So, um, I mean, I, I guess we'll we'll talk more directly about Minnesota, you know, this week for the these two games. But uh, that doesn't bode well for us right right now, right? No, but at the same time. I mean, just looking at the stats, there's basically there's what, like six points that separates the top team from like the not from the not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So it's still wide open. Like this is such a weird season with every team like having tons of injuries because of all like the you know back-to-back matches and fatigue. Um, just the really weird scheduling of I mean, I mean look at our schedule. Like basically we don't play a single team from the East Coast or the West Coast. We just play everybody in the middle. And that's just, it's just bizarre. And at this point, I'm not even all that concerned. Like, it's just so long as you make the playoffs, then things can happen. Like, you could look at our run in the um, MLS's back tournament. Like, in our, like if, you, if you consider the regular season just a group play, our group play during the MLS's back tournament was terrible. Like, we, our one win in a group play was a match we shouldn't have won that we got dominated by uh, Sporting Kansas City. We looked pretty bad. Um, I mean, we looked better than we did how bad we looked against SKC, but we still looked pretty bad against Colorado. We didn't look that great against RSL. And we ended up coming out with one win and two draws, which should have been, you know, one loss and two draws at best and if we hadn't gotten lucky. So, but we get to the tournament and we played well. And so, like, I think the whole key is just to make sure you get in. Like, anything can happen with this weird scheduling. Like, I mean... Seattle and Portland are looking great right now at the top of the Western Conference table, but they also are just beating the crap out of San Jose every other match. And there's like there's just a weird schedule that goes along with it. And 
so long as we can take advantage, like you said, we have Cincinnati and Chicago coming up. If we can take advantage of those, I think we'll be in a good spot. But um, yeah, like those are definitely going to be must win. And it'll be hopefully with Dallas and Houston, we can get a couple points off of that one too. Great. Let's take a break. We'll come back and talk uh, about uh, look at this Columbus and then RSL. All right, here we are on the 55-1 podcast. Uh, Columbus Crew beat Minnesota United 2-1. to one. Um, you know, The lineup was kind of uh, interesting. Um, it was a triumph for all Chaconistas uh, um, everywhere. We had uh, Tomas Chacon starting on the left. We had, um, uh, because Jan Gregush was... Uh, suspended we had um Jacory Hayes and Dotson starting in the middle um and then uh in terms of the the rest of the lineup I'm trying to think Lud was on the right Reynosa we had Kai Kamara making uh his starting debut for Minnesota and then Boxall and Aha at the back um so what went wrong with this game losing 2 to 1 was it just that I mean Columbus are the best team in the league, one of the best at least? Um, what went wrong though? Like like overall, just they, yeah, they yes. scored more goals. Give, they scored more goals than we goals. did. Well, right, yeah. all right, great. This has been the fifty-five-one podcast. <laughs> um, all right, what went wrong for for you, Rodrigo? What do you want to point out? I mean, I mean, like we were all happy. Like, like I've been dreaming of having Reynoso and Chacon play together. But from the get-go of this game, we, we totally understood that this was uh, this was a defensive aspect of it. Like we were asking our midfielders to defend, which is something that we don't truly ask our midfielders to do. I can recall a couple of occasions where where, where Tommy uh, was able to win the ball back, like on our defensive third, and also deflect the ball on a cross in our in our in our um, in our in our in our twenty-yard line box. And so, like, it was literally just playing on the counter and trying to contain um, for a while. But the first 10 minutes, it seemed like we were able to do things. And it just, uh, and that's when, um, who was it that went out that was re- replaced by Burhalter's, uh son? I forget who was it that uh, that got injured. But it was just one of those games where like, it just, like I felt that we were, our defensive duties were just to keep it down and then try to push it up. And then I think, Kamara was just left on an island all by himself to be able to try to do something. Yeah, Fataya Lashi was uh, was the player for Columbus who went out. Um, Tommy Chacon, we should talk about off the top, uh, was pretty disappointing. Um, uh, I've, I've seen, including my uh, my comrade uh, Bruce McGuire, was very harsh when we were in DMs talking about Chacon. Um, he wasn't very good. Um, uh, I, I thought he didn't give up the ball much, at least, but he just didn't play much of a part. But one thing I noticed is that he would pass the ball and then he would move into a space and a player like Reynoso or, or someone would turn and then direct it somewhere else rather rather than letting the give and go happen. Um, and, and I think that that just comes from that. Um, he has no gravitas in the team. Uh, he, he's you know He's right. been treated kind of like a kid pariah and um more like persona non grata yeah and maybe you know a lot of it's on him right he's a professional soccer player so he needs to do do it but um 
I, I think yeah. one of the one of the good points that he had is like is is when I think it was a Chase or Dotson on the wing played him a ball and he returned it back at a quick give and go and that's when we got our first cross into Kai and he was not able to 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 hit it on frame and I, and I think a lot of that like I understand he didn't have a good game and I, I also don't didn't think we all had every single player didn't have a great game either uh, but like. I, I also saw like everyone needs to be on on page at least speed play with what Reynoso wants them to do, and I think that a lot of at least the starting eleven have a much better sense than what we put out there for this game what to do because I saw Reynoso yelling at a lot of people, and I saw Reynoso at one point yell at Chacon for not trying to make a run, and I think. Uh, this is the the inception of uh, hashtag Reynoso camp. So like everyone needs to go to Reynoso camp. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to talk about is uh, if, we're, if we're talking about the bads of, of what happened here, Chase Gasper has uh, been Chase. I feel like um, something with COVID or something has prevented him from getting back to his laboratory and he ran out of whatever turned him into Pedro because um, it's been a whole lot of Chase and Chase... You know, he was um, targeted and absolutely destroyed by um, who was playing on the right wing. It was who? Uh, Zellerayan? Um, yeah, no, it was Luis Diaz. Oh, Luis yeah, Diaz. That's, Diaz. That's right. That's right. So um, Zellerayan scored the first one, and that was um, because the this uh, midfield was kind of left wide open. The team was pulled out of position. This fantastic cross goes in to Zellerayan who's on the inside of Gasper and Gasper has no chance. And, uh, and it's, that's the first goal. And then 15 minutes later, um, it's Luis Diaz instead, who, um, there's a kind of a long pass. Um, Luis Diaz is on the inside of Gasper. Gasper basically just runs him over and gives up a PK that, um, Zella Ryan then skies into the air and, um, it, it took so long in the air that it then waited until Sunday in the air and met Higuain's Pique somewhere over Wheeling, West Virginia, and the two exploded, and there was a, a magnificent display of fireworks. Um, I, I think people at least have figured out the best way to attack Minnesota United is just to throw speed at Gasper because Gasper likes to creep up on the left a lot, as of recently, he's been trying to get more involved in the offense. And so when he's pushing up more, creeping up more, he gets caught up on those long passes, trying to trying to run back and trying to catch up. And anyone who can outbeat that, who can outrun him, it, it has a much better chance of even of drawing a foul or, or, or getting in the box and being able to create damage. It ha- the same thing was happening with Dallas, right? With the young, with the young 18-year-old kid, 17-year-old kid that just kept on... Uh, I'm doing the same thing, and I think people are beginning finally, finally to take advantage of that. And I think it's, it's, it puts us in a situation where like we don't have a backup. Oh, well, I mean, right? but that's you go back to that. Remember how Orlando beat us in the semifinal? That was what they did. They attacked our fullbacks. Um, it, it's been a, it's a, you know, it's it, it's the playbook for the opposition uh, most of the time. Um, yeah, Met near no, addition- also run over for the for this their second goal. And additionally, too, it also comes back to not having Ozzy as well, just because 
usually when our fullbacks run up, Ozzy will tend to drop back, you know, and then it actually spreads our center backs a bit more wide and gives us a little bit more cover to cover those, uh, to not have their you know, sidelines be as wide open. And that's just not happening really anymore because we don't have a number six and everybody's an eight and they all want to go up. And so that's kind of what's happening. And we just don't have that like deep sitting cover anymore for that allows, basically, I mean, Ozzy allows our fullbacks to make mistakes. And when Ozzy isn't there to clean up the mess, it shows. And I think that's what's showing right now. And the, and the thing that's that's frustrating with the roster right now is that, yeah, we have the depth, and yeah, Gregor could could sit in the sixth spot if he wants to. He said it on the he said it on the 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 Salt Lake post game show. He, he shouldn't, but he says he likes to do that. Um, Dotson is clearly we've already established on the show that. He shouldn't be a six, or he's you know he wants to be an eight. He wants to be something else. Um, but Jacory Hayes is getting caught out. They all, like you said, Mark. They all want to be box to box eights, and they want to join the attack. But the way that we ask our fullbacks to get forward and have that space in behind, you've got to have somebody staying home that will push Boxel and Ahar Debasi a little wider. To be able to go to a pseudo three man back uh, back line when we're in the attack. Look, if 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 uh, Gregush wants to doesn't like playing the sick but is okay doing that, then have him stay at home. <laughs> like, like don't don't go up. Like, stay below the the, the half line. Have someone to stay there, and, and 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 stay right. I mean, don't don't give give the extra 10, 15 yard cushion on a counter. Where you are asking your full, your center backs to 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 make a decision trying to outround somebody. I mean, I, I think to a point, like I, I understand the Aussie comparison, but at the same time, it's like it's up to your defense and someone in there to communicate and say, look, if if that if uh if Gaspar knows that he's getting killed on the left on the left hand side, then maybe don't go don't push up as much, right? Be like, oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't let the fast guy beat me or let, give him enough space to beat me. I think it I think a lot of that is just not a lot of communication, which is one of the reasons why that first goal, that beautiful first goal happened, Diving was we lose in. the ball. Yeah. We lose the ball in our half, right? And then they switch it to the left, right? And then, like, when, they, when that happens, right, like, there's, like, literally 10, 15, 20 yards of open space. The only one trotting back from the left, Ja'Cory Hayes, trying – trying to jog back thinking one of his teammates is going to step up. And then you have Santos getting the ball. And then you have, uh, then, then you have Metanier and Lude totally like not pressuring the ball. And so like someone needs to step up. And I think at one point, I don't know, I'm hoping that because after that boxer was angry, it's like no one stepped up. And, and, and if you give someone that much space, they're, they're going to, they're, they're going to create, an opportunity for for us to 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 regret that. Well, and and this is and this is my question: If we know that we're using our depth to cover for Ozzy, to cover for who whomever, it doesn't matter. Like Ozzy is the most glaring example. But if we're asking people who are to cover for that specific role or something comparable to it, is the issue? lack of communication between the players on the pitch or lack of direction and, and explicit instructions 
from a tactical point of view from our coaching staff? Yeah, it's, that's a good question. It's a, that we can speculate at, but <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, one of the things is that um, when you lose really key players like Ike, Ozzy, um, Emeria as well, even, even though Emeria we had less time with, um, you know, you've got to adapt uh, a new game plan. You know, we didn't. We should have had a plan B for someone like Ozzy, right? Because we we all can expect that. He should, especially a truncated season like this, that um, we would not be able to do it. Um, and they were able to make short-term decisions on players like Kai and, and Debussy. Um, but six is a, you know, it's a really tough thing to get right. Um, and maybe you've got enough players like Jacory who can kind of uh, fill in there. Um, well, you know, I don't want to only focus on the the negative negatives of this game. Um, Obviously, we were beaten um, by the best team in the league. Uh, we did get a, a goal back. You know, Robin Lude um, scores in the 88th minute, but f- like 10 minutes before, I'm trying to go through my notes here, um, he, it was like the, yeah, 72nd minute, um, uh, Lude almost uh, um, slotted in, but he hit the woodwork. You know, we also had the goal disallowed. Um, for being offside, that was the correct call, right? I'm, yeah, I'm, I forgot to rewatch that one, but um, the the the, the Lud goal was that the the cross in from Chase mm-hmm. that came in from like you know, and Lud just ran around his guy, which he did for the the other one where he hit the woodwork. It was almost identical, yeah. but Reynoso yeah. put that one in. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, so there, it was not. I think. Um, a terrible game. Um, Raheem Edwards eventually came in, and I thought um, gave up the ball a lot, but he he did have a great pass that that set up Chase, who then set up the the Lude goal. Um, we only made two subs in that game. We're not going to talk about the sub the subs debacle or a, a debate until the the next match. But any other observations you want to make about the Colorado game or Columbus? Sorry, no. Okay. Um, then let us move to the game that we shouldn't even discuss because it was so effing terrible, um, just nihilistic, just pure nihilism, um, nothing useful about it. Real Salt Lake 0, Minnesota United 0. Um, two games in, how has Kai Kamara changed things? Because he started this, this match again, or played the whole game actually, so... He's made our attack more boring, and we're going back to lobbing crosses in and having nobody connect on them like we did for the first existence of MLS prior to this year. The first Columbus game, it was very obvious that um, he had barely trained the team, and there was a lot of kind of pointing like, hey, you know, I, I remember one time he and Chacon ran to the same spot um, to get across, and it was like, no, you should go here. I'm, I'm going... Um, you know, obviously that is not going to be solved four days later. Um, but we also had a very different uh, um, formation. Um, is, is it just a matter of Kai Kamara is back to the uh, Angelo? We, you know, we keep switching between the uh, the soft feet um, poacher uh, goal scorers, and then we go to the big guys who hold it up, and then we go back to the soft feet goal scorer, etc. And then we go to the big guy. Now we're back to the big guy 
lump it up to him, send in a cross. That's what it feels like, which is disappointing just because like we've always, I mean, all season long, we've been talking about how this is a bit of a throwaway season and the whole, you know, bring it down the sideline, whip it across and hope someone gets ahead on it has never really worked for us too well, except for on set pieces. And so uh, like, it just it doesn't work for us. And the fact that we're going back to that after we were looking pretty good as far as like the touch play. And I know we were missing guys. So, I mean, you, you kind of have to deal with that as well. Molino was out. Uh, he's one of our key guys for that. Um, again, Lude was out on the left, which that's his kryptonite. So that didn't work out as well. Uh, but still, it, it, just, it, it just felt lazy and predictable in that we're going to take it down, bomb it in. And also it's just putting players in bad spots because one thing we've seen is that chase, even when he turns into Pedro can do a lot of things, but crossing the ball accurately is not and consistently is not one of them. And that's what we're asking him to do now. And we're just, we're not putting our players in a position where they can utilize their skills to succeed to the best of their ability. We're not putting them in a position to succeed just because we're asking them to do something that they're just isn't really part of their game plan and what they're not comfortable with. Well, here's what I can say about, um, let's talk about Kai and then we'll talk about the, the actual formation here. We switched to a, back to the four, three, three with Lewitt out on the left, um, Reynoso out on the right. Um, the way that played out was you had, particularly in the first half, Lud and, and Reynoso coming very central, often switching, and it was extremely fluid. And at times when it would work, it, it seemed like it would work, right? You you said a lot, um, you had a lot of interplay there. But it, it's very obvious when you pull your wide players in central, um, you know, it's if they're going to get the ball, if the opposition gets the ball and counters, you all of a sudden have completely left the wings wide open, except for your fullbacks who are pulled up. So it's really dangerous, um, especially if you play a team that is not fucking garbage like RSL. Um, the, so the uh, but the other thing is that we we just when we would put in those crosses, you have Kamara there, but then no one is at the back post, right? You don't have that that kind of winger um, coming in who who's in the lewd spot, right? The the lewd. Um, get to the back post, score like he did in Columbus. Um, that those balls were sent in. Kide brings all the attention, and then Lud gets around his guy and scores. When he's playing on the left and coming centrally, that's not happening. And so those are the two things that I thought were really frustrating that didn't allow us to use Kai in a great way. Also forced us to use Lud in uh, the 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 terrible place, make him go to the upside down. Um, and uh, and and Reynoso was was a, a bright spot, but that was really frustrating to see how that played out. Where it was like, well, why didn't we just why didn't we just play with Lud on the right, where he's been good? But that's that's a whole, whole lot of other things. But I thought that that was one key of why um, Kamara just didn't look very good in this game. He looked bad, in fact, and I don't know why. Toy think, or even Schoenfeld, like someone, just put in yeah, something else. I, th- I think that's one of my issues is is the fact that you um, had um, Heath go on record saying that he doesn't like um, 
people getting their fitness doing games and as soon as you have Kamara being available to play you play him for like 60 plus minutes when I think the last time he's had any valuable minutes was months if not um, uh, weeks or whatnot but like if you are stating that then what is your um, standing with the development of, of a young forward that you have I mean that is the the thing is like I would you know like if it was up to me like I'd be thinking you know we have 90 minutes I I, I you know I like to give at least toy between 50 and 60 minutes if possible to be able to to work with it with the top team to be able to do something and if it's not working then then you put in someone who 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 were able to do that and I, and I get that he has an infatuation with crossing the ball and winning headers but when when you're only crossing it to, to the Kamara and he's the only one going up for balls because nobody else is supporting him on his runs, right? There's times where you see Kamara get the ball and he has to hold it because nobody else is making that movement up. It, it really slows down. It makes us vertical again, which was something that earlier in the year uh, and last year we were like, we, we are so vertical. We, we need to, we need to be, more of that uh, uh, quick combination passing that we saw when Reno and those two wins Reynoso was 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 doing that. We were doing combination plays on the top of the 18. Uh, you know, we blanketed ourselves for nothing uh, with you know amazing like quick passing combinations. All that stuff went away, and I'm trying to figure out: is it is it because? Molino is the only one willing to do that, dribble into the box, because we're not dribbling into the box at all, not often, not the way we should be. And what are, what are the assignments that, for example, um, Dotson is getting um, in the aspect of what his role is now? Well, the, the thing that, that uh, with the 4-3-3, I don't mind the 4-3-3 with, with our team. I, I don't mind the, the three-man midfield with... You know, whomever it might be, if 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 it's Ozzy, Gregoosh, and Dotson, or it's Gregoosh, Dotson, and Hayes, um, it kind of baffles me that Kai Kamara would be part of that three-man attack when we've said that he's more of a target man. He's more of that hold-up. He's the one in a four-two-three-one. Um, not to get too granular with the the formation stuff, but. The way that I think we benefit from a four-three-three is more of that dynamic interplay, and I don't think a Kai Kamara or an Aaron Schoenfeld is going to do that. Toy, maybe, but um, Amaria, I think, is fine sitting back a little bit, you know, almost like that false nine in a in a in a three-man front line. But um, it just, I I don't understand why we don't utilize some of the other players in our bench to keep the system that we have established over the last couple seasons and get the players used to the system that let's yeah. let's do that cuz that that's the the big question and this is something that we're going to talk about we have and we will continue to talk about cuz it, it's just it's a fundamental flaw of this team um Minnesota United used two subs on Wednesday night they play again on Sunday night, four nights later, and they use one substitute in the um, uh, 
77th minute, right? I'm looking for my notes here. Some thereabouts. Um, and uh, it, it, it kind of just boggles the mind of why um, we already saw Molino go out injured because of uh, being kind of overplayed. We've seen lots of injuries, and it's it, it's pretty clear that a lot of those injuries, Finley, whatever, are, are happening because of being overplayed. And we only get Marlon Hairston, who is one of the subs who I have not seen be very good. Um, we've seen Raheem Edwards play, and um, uh, you know, obviously, I've talked about a lot about Tommy Chacon. Um, you know, Chacon didn't have a good game the other day, so whatever. But to me. If you're talking about the system there, Corey, and like we know that the system seems to work and you aren't able to play any of your players in that system so that you have to start playing players out of position. Lud goes to the left. Reynoso goes out right. Kamara is all alone up front. And then you, you start thinking, well, okay, maybe we don't think Raheem Edwards is killer left wing. But can't he do a job that allows then Lud to do his job on the right? That that's and, exactly right. It, I, I think yeah. I, I think I think what you're, you know, if like a four two three one, like whoever your back line is, you're still going to have Metnair and Gasper. But do you do you have a a, a Gregoosh and a and a Dotson in the double pivot in the middle, and then you have Lud on the right, Reynoso in the middle, Raheem Edwards on the left, um, and then you have Kamara up top as your as your target man. Like how how is that like it's it's one like that is is almost a preferred starting eleven almost. Yeah, you got, I'd rather you have Molino Molino than Edwards, but Edwards is a good yeah yeah, and he makes the back post runs. He does all of that stuff. He's dynamic. He can overlap with Chase. Why would you not keep? Like why wouldn't you look at the benefits, the net benefit of keeping Lud on the right? Keeping Reynoso as that kind of timekeeper in the center, um, Gregush and Dotson able whether or not they're eights or sixes, I don't I don't care. But in that more withdrawn role, mm-hmm. like you're you're keeping everybody inside of the system that we know works. Yeah, and similarly, I, and I don't know if it was after this match or it was sometime in the last week during a press conference. He was talking about just the ridiculousness of uh, the pack schedule. And trying to be able to prepare for matches that are twice a week matches. He talked about how, you know, by the time you get to 36 hours after a match and guys are already, you know, kind of starting to recover from that, they have to hop on a plane and go play another match. And it's really, really hard. And if you're complaining about how difficult it is on your players to play this hard, this schedule, why are you not being more deliberate about rotating your players? to conserve their minutes and protect them so that they can play. Like, and maybe it's because, you know, we play Sunday and this is like the first week in like a month that we haven't had um, a game on Wednesday, uh, a weekday match. So we have six days there, but you just, I, I just don't understand how, like, how can you complain about that and then do absolute and then do nothing but complain about it and don't change your lineup at all to address the issue you're complaining about. And let me tell you about this, Mark. Let me tell you about this because, um, Adrian Heath, now in the coup that saw him uh, become head of, uh, not just be the head coach, but also basically the technical director. Um, So he is now in charge of getting his own players. And now 
he has players like Raheem Edwards. We we've talked about it. We said it. We this team has great depth. I think uh, Raheem Edwards, Tommy Chacon, um, Marlon Harrison. These guys can all do a job, right? You don't need all your players to be starters. And sometimes you have to rely on people who you wouldn't have otherwise seen as star- starters as starters because you have injuries. Um, thankfully, we have depth. But if you have the same person who is picking the players and bringing them in, who then believes that they cannot be even just trusted with basic roles, like Raheem Edwards can't, you know, we have to change around our system, then you're either a bad GM or, or technical director or a bad coach. I, I like it's it's all on your fault if you cannot make Raheem Edwards start because he's been freaking good. He's not killer, but he's been good enough to play that role. And if you can't bring him in, if you can't bring someone in off the bench to change it, then then I don't know. Um, and and then we've got this thing where um, you know the the post game press conference. Um, he was asked about the lack of use of substitutions, and I'll, I'll read this. Um, this is from. Uh, um, Jeff Reuter's athletic article. Um, there's a there's a there's a fascination with substitutes in America. He said, "I don't understand it at times. When you're creating chances that we have in the second half, and you're completely dominant, why would we upset the rhythm of the team?" That's my uh, half Michael Caine, half uh, um, Adrian. She was Heath. only sixteen years old. <laughs> <laughs> And when you substitute, you're very substitute. You're very angry indeed. Um, so his whole thing of, of, first of all, like, it's I'm super condescending for him to be like, oh, you Americans and you're you, you fascinated about substitutes. I had a, there's an English guy in the bar watching today. Like, at the bro, watching you, 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 soccer, for and, six, you lived in Orlando. Yeah, Cut it out. I was like, uh, is and this Texas <laughs> before that. Yeah. So um, I asked the English guy today, I was like, is this thing? He's like, oh, that's fucking bullshit. Adrian T, it's bullshit. But um, well, the thing is, we could see Robin Lude was tired. We could see Kai Kamara was tired. They were making, they were giving up, they, there was a lot of momentum. And I totally get what Adrian Heath is saying. But you could also see them making bad moves because they were tired. You had tired legs out there. And yeah, you know what? Maybe you're you're gonna make maybe you're gonna lose some of that momentum if you you bring a different person in. Maybe you will have hungry players who can go out there like we've seen Raheem go out there and, and take take something to the team. So that that is my my uh, full rant. I, I just think that it is crazy <laughs> that you cannot use um, players that you have signed to do good roles as a squad like if you can't use these players as squad players then like you're just shitty at finding players then or or something sorry no i mean you my my thing is mostly is like rsl totally decided that we're gonna throw bodies in the box and we were gonna try to make that difficult for us and i get that right but if you're playing vertically like we were we had we reverted to doing that you're not moving any of those defenders out of the box like you yes. got to be able to move them, yes. right? And like the only way you move them is by threatening by going into the box at a different location. We've talked about how Lude on the right with his left foot is more um, inclined into going towards the towards the box, then creating that 
that uh, open space on the right that somebody like Metonier has loves to overlap over to get the ball out to create space, to draw out people. Kamara is going to be able to draw traffic, but you also need to be able to have someone else in there that's threatening the aspect of it. And Molino is great at dribbling at whoever that he wants to dribble at, but we've also got people that can dribble at that. We have Lou that can dribble, Dotson can dribble at people, right? I mean, we've 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 seen that happen before. We I just don't get why it's not happening more often. And then in RSL, um, you know, the only one that was actually dribbling towards people was Reynoso, and he had two clear opportunities to put the ball away uh, that unfortunately weren't able to do that. But that was because of the quick combination play that he was able to do with somebody else. Kamara is on an island because Kamara doesn't understand yet how we how to play with Reynoso, how to play with anyone else, and I get that right. But at the same time, like, if you don't start doing the things that has worked for us again with whomever we have in there, whether they're first team or second team, everyone should know that if we are dribbling into the box, we're going to draw people out. We want to be able to create chaos. Chaos is good for us in front of the, for the other team. But we just seem to not want to want to work on that. And I think that puts pressure mostly on, on our on our 10 to be able to figure out how to how to create situations by himself. And granted he's taken some great free kicks and he almost had one in, but um, um, I just I just don't see why we need to revert to being vertical one more time. I, I think um, we could we could rant on this subject a lot. Um, it, it is a it's like kind of in, infuriating, but the the thing the thing that I'll say, and this is not to stop the wrap up, it's it this is not about tactics or anything. This is not. I I don't want. I think we're all coming from this from the frustration that we know how good our players are, and we know how good this team has been and can be. And this isn't a knock on the players and their talent. This is the fr- this is a frustrating. And I think I, th- I think there is a little bit of legitimacy. Like you know, we said we we tend to go negative because we're we're frustrated. But like a lot of this is coming from the fact that we know and those players know what works best for them and how to succeed, and they're not being set up to do that. Yes. And it's frustrating for us to to see that. Yeah, and I think that like I, I think it's kind of funny that the the corollary doesn't exist where it's like in the period when Robin Lude was bad on the left, and we were like, we just lost three games in a row. This guy is not being subbed out. It is a matter of like people are like we're attacking Robin Lude or something. It's like, well, are you attacking Raheem Edwards by not allowing him to play or something? It, it's like we understand that these players are good. I don't have to when I when I advocate for Thomas Chacon, it's I I I pretty clearly see what he is and see that maybe there's something more and you should give him a chance. I do think you could have brought him in, and uh, and it would have still been better to have. He still would have allowed Lud to be better by just doing a mediocre role on the left. And Brahim, I think, could do a better job. Anyway, let's not belabor it. We've got some Twitter yeah. questions, so let's yeah. let's take a break here. I, I did 
they didn't get a chance to say this, so we can cut this out. But the thing is just that it's like RSL was given a space to create where Columbus was not. And so like and so like Tomas works better in a situation where there's space to be to to be utilized. And I think that's that's one of the things that that people don't see that often. Like when you throw him in to defend and to be in a position where he's gonna be rushed the ball, then that's not gonna work very well for him. But if he's given space to be able to do stuff, then yeah, he, he he's creative that way. Um, one thing we did not say is RSL were fucking garbage. Any real team would have scored like four goals on us last night. And yeah. we're back except on for, the... Except for their goalkeeper. Their goalkeeper was pretty good. <laughs> we're back on the 55-1 podcast. I want to keep that part because I forgot to point out how garbage they were. I couldn't believe that they were worse than us. Uh, do, you, uh, do, you, do you guys remember um, Rushek? Right? Is it Rushek? Uh, Rushnek. Oh, yeah. Rushnek, where, yeah. Where he stomped yeah. on Bebe? No, not that. But uh, the correlation to the Orlando tournament. You remember that game we played? Oh, uh, tell me about it. I forget. It's so all everything he got COVID is a blank. So game. so he got sandwiched, right? And then somehow hurt his hip, right? And then they did the magic spray, they took him out. He came back in and literally like two minutes he got the ball in the wing and he tried to pivot and he fell down. Like his hip was out or whatever. And then they took him back out. And then this is whole this whole conversation we were talking about the bubble. Like he had to make a decision. Because if he went to go get it, he needed an MRI. If he went to go get an MRI, he's out of the bubble. He was out of the bubble, and he and there's a ten day quarantine, and he was no way to ever come back. And so now he's finally beginning to get some minutes. And every time I see him, I think about that poor guy that got sandwiched by two world defenders and just like totally dislocated his hip or something like that. But he had it in for Bebelo totally, and I stomped think, on him. Everyone does. I mean, Bebelo is going to get that. Um, I mean. Uh, there was the all, there should have been a red card. Was it in Columbus? Right? Who had the scissors kick? Was that Columbus? Uh, or was that the week the game before? No, I think that was the game before. Okay. Um, anyway, I the, here's another thing I forgot to bring up for the that section. Let's just say good things about Dubasi. He was good. Yep. Thumbs up. Yes. Everybody? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, he, li- yeah, I like he, him. Someone. I, I think he's. I think he's going to be great. I, okay. I think I love everything that I see. I loved at the end of that match. He was shouting. He was directing backline. He was directing his midfield. Give him some time. He's. I think he. I am very hopeful about that signing. Um. Uh. Let, let's return to this question. I felt like we didn't do it enough justice. There was a question last week on Twitter about um your GM for a day. Uh, what would you do? And I I, I wanted to give it a better answer. Uh, Mark, you have a better answer. What What are you going to do? I am. Because I, I, I had a week to think about it because I, I agree with you. I was not happy with my Yedlin answer, even though, I mean, Yedlin as a six would be great. Um, it's a terrible answer. <laughs> shut up, Mark. Just Keep shut going. up. Keep going. Shut up, Mark. It gives no, a better answer. Erase a, that a better, answer, new answer. A better answer is um, Everton has, uh, again, we, need, we still need a six. Um, uh, Muhammad Basic, I believe he's Bosnian. I don't know how to pronounce it, anyways. Uh, but anyways, he plays for Everton. Um, he's coming uh, end of this season, end of the twenty twenty one season. Uh, that's the end of his um, six year contract. Um, he like in January twenty eighteen, he got loaned to Middlesbrough in the championship. Uh, he ended up playing something like. 50 some uh, league appearances with them did really well. Uh, last year he was loaned to Sheffield United um, only had like 
nine league appearances, 13 total. Uh, since coming back, his loan with Sheffield ended uh, in June. Uh, he's back with Everton in the final year of his contract. Uh, he has, there was rumors this summer that he was, uh, there's a lot of interest from it. It's probably rumors started by his agent because the rumors were like a month or two ago were all, oh yeah, there's teams in Spain, Italy, and Germany. They're all interested in him. He's his future, he could go anywhere and his name is Price. But he's still with Everton. Uh, he has yet to feature in a match day roster with them and he doesn't have a loan. So if I was a GM, I would pick him up on, and granted, I mean, all right, in normal times, granted, you can't really sign anybody when there's only a month left of the regular season and you have to quarantine right now. But if we could get him on loan with an option to buy at the end of the season, that would be ideal. He's 28. Um, you know, he does, he did well in the championship. Okay. In the prem. And I think he'd be a great number six signing going forward. He probably has a solid four or five years left in him. All right. Um, someone pointed out that we did not say can the manager, um, which I do think uh, <laughs> would probably be the quickest way to success. Um, I, I still stick with my answer. I want I want Jackson. I right. trade him for uh, for Gregush. There you go. Yep. Uh, hey, you know what, Gregush, and give him uh, give him a little bit extra. I I think that that uh, that could work. Um, Let's see. Um, Lucas uh, Pippenhagen says, "Do you think the injury situation will save Heath's jobs?" job if we miss the playoffs do you i, I guess that this is a gen, first question if we miss the playoffs we we finished ninth does heath is is the ownership going to look at this as a waste of a year and be like okay well this doesn't count i i think this comes back to my like the the discussion about almeida i don't know if teams are gonna um let those managers go. I think they, I think a lot of teams are just like, whatever, let's just get through it and then let's start over next year. Um, because if, if they really wanted to just say, screw it, it doesn't matter. This is a, a throwaway year. Let's experiment. Let's go nuts. Let's try stuff. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, no harm, no foul. Um, I think, I think given the injury situation, he, you know, he was the the manager when we brought in Reynoso. Um, he's brought in a lot of, he's been the manager when we have brought in a lot of great players. I think he's fine. I think he was also the I, manager we brought in a lot of bad players. Yeah, yeah. but if, like I, I think he's going to be fine. I think this year is a lot. I think a, a larger percentage of managers are going to get a pass for this year specifically. Okay, yeah, sir, and I, Mark and Rodrigo, what, I, does he I, get canned if, if we're terrible? No. And no. because, and just, I mean, basically because, I mean, I think, did he just sign a new three-year contract at the beginning of this season? Uh, that doesn't Which, matter. It still does. Though. I mean, we'd be on the hook for two more years of paying his contract and everything. And again, this is a throwaway season. It's, I mean, it's, it's an, un, it's a, you know, the, the okay. schedule isn't balanced. It's, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, just come back and, Let's be ready to go next year. Look, if Atlanta can fire their coach after anything, I mean, like, why can't why can't why can't more coaches go? Like, I mean, if you look at if you look at what's going on, like, I get Almeida has a contract, but uh, like, l- literally right now, you, it's it's not really working for them. Like, it's not, and it's like, 
do I think Heath? I think Heath is in a much better position than, like, say, I don't know, Meta and um, probably. Uh, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't know what it's what it's like to for Henri. I know Henri probably, but he's not having a good season either. And I don't. And uh, he hasn't been like an amazing coach tracking record. But I think um, he he he's got more of a leeway. But I. Uh, but like. Do I do I think fi- coaches are going to get fired? Yes, I think every season someone's going to get fired, regardless. I don't think that's that stops any of that. I think um, if we don't make the playoffs, that speeds up the process onto what the expectations are for next year, and perhaps there's a renegotiation and he gets um, he gets stuff taken away in the aspect of power. I mean that I can see that happening. Or, um, but you have to make the playoffs. Like, there's no like if you don't make the playoffs, it's how does not making the playoffs looks look look any good? You don't think coach? he's going to be canned if he doesn't make the playoffs? Yeah, I, I no, I don't. I don't think he'll get canned. Okay. But I think if he if he if he doesn't make the playoffs, he ha- he puts his, his job at, at jeopardy in some sort of sense. Yeah. I, I think Alex Schiefer Decker put it the, the the best way in the in the in the Patreon Slack channel that you should all sign up for. Then you that have he access then to immediately. Um, like, just lost his yeah. login to. Uh, yeah, that he lost his login to. Heath is not a bad coach. Coach, he's just not a good one. I think our team's not getting pummeled six one five zero. It's not like Atlanta where they didn't score a goal at all throughout the MLS's back tournament. We're not that. We're not those teams. Those coaches are absolutely in the hot seat. I think Heath is going to get a pass, even if we don't make the playoffs. All right, uh, Johan um, Dikoff, our Swedish friend. Who do you think will be, and um, and who would you like would like to be Minnesota United's starting goalkeeper next year? We've got Miller, Ranjit Singh, Saint Clair. Would you like to see uh, Saint Clair uh, continue on? I would. I mean, he's got four miracles already, so. <laughs> but would, you can all but, see, I mean, St. Clair has a long way to go to being a very good goalkeeper. Um, yeah. He's not vocal. He still looks like he's getting his feet. And I love giving giving players a chance to get their feet, and that's how he's going to get it. But um, but you would you be happy? He's going to th- give up some howlers sometime soon right and and are you okay that that's cool with you because i would season yeah yeah i would much prefer that next year miller comes back from the hip surgery has a killer breakout season you know top three goalkeepers in mls and then we can actually sell him and get some sort of return uh to europe and then then you bring on st Clair. He's he, he ain't could. Going to Europe. He could be going he's to not Portugal. Going to Europe. Portugal. <laughs> he'll go, both of these will go back take to anyone at this point. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> here, here's go back here's to the thing. Here's the thing. I want I want Miller and uh, Saint Clair to be competing for the number one spot, like neck to neck. I I, I want that competition because what we seen from Miller and this is prior to the injury wasn't the greatest, and it wasn't the worst, right? But there were times. In 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 the MLS Cup tournament, where he had like decisions that were horrible, and I and 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 I can't forget that, right? And I and I've seen Saint Clair make bad decisions too, and he had a couple of them in this game where he like totally touched the ball too hard, and he had to kick the ball out of bounds. And I and and I understand that, and I and like when 
when uh in Columbus when um it was a when 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 Sancho literally hit that ball point blank uh, at him and he's trying to cover the corner the ball hit his hands his reaction time was enough to be hit the hands it hit the post and then went back and then it went in so like does he have does he have a, a high learning curve yeah i think he does but at, at at the same time i think he also is like he he is he's someone who needs to learn to play right and this is the perfect time to do that i think when you come back you have your number one and your number two and depending what the club decides to do with Freddie Emmings because no one knows what's going to happen with that when MLS decides to open up their academies and um, start doing all that we'll see what happens then if if we get a, a USL2 uh, affiliate down the road then there, there's opportunities for that but like if you look at like like Alex pointed it out like the other two keepers that we have they've always been backups in USL keepers they've mm -hmm. never really had value as an MLS Keeper. And I think if you look at, at, at what we are now, you put Miller Miller, and, and St. Clair at this point are like neck to neck. Um, Brandon Hunt uh, asked this question that I think is a is pretty easy. We've talked about it, but it's a good question. So now that Heath has his favored striker, striker type in Kamara, he's reverted to the team deploying endless Metonier crosses as the primary way to not score goals. Does this remind you of an NBA team that stubbornly shoots long twos despite ample analytic evidence that it does not work one word answers yes <laughs> all right um corazon what is basketball uh, the maloon yeah what is uh, yeah um asks soccer with your hands true or false loons need two of three amaria uh aussie ike uh healthy to go further in the playoffs this year than in 2019 last year we lost in the first round of the playoffs right yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Against yep. LA Galaxy. Yeah. Um, yep. um, so do we need one of those or two of those three in order to do True. it? True. Yes. I think we do. We do. Yep. Yeah. I prefer probably Ozzy and Ike would be the, the top choice on that. Yeah. I think it's going to be Amaria and Ozzy, though. Yeah. That's yep. what we'll end up with. Right. I mean, like, yeah. You know, realistically, yes, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. But like, if we were to say two out of those three, then that's what you pick, Ozzy and Ike. Hundred percent. At Cold North Rants, asks a very mean question: Would Dom Dwyer have finished those shots? <laughs> Jokes aside, if we could do re redo any game from this year, which one would you choose? Um, not, and you can't choose the uh, Orlando semifinal. Do I need to read you some of the the Minnesota United results to to remind you? Yeah. All right, let me pull this up. So, uh, we have no matches. Um, I'll start. I'll start from. Uh, we've got a loss at home to Sporting KC, two to one. Um, we have a loss at FC Dallas, three to one. Three to nothing against Minnesota or Houston away. Um, then we had the uh, um, one nil loss recently to Sporting KC. The two two draw against Houston Dynamo. Two one uh, loss to Columbus uh, Crew, and then uh, nil nil uh, to Real Salt Lake. That 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 one zero loss to SKC is is the game that I take. Yeah. If I could redo that game, that that is the game I do because I thought defensively, like we held out as much as we could, but towards the end, we were just 
you know. That's where we had Dotson as like right back, didn't we? I don't think so. Like, yeah, I, I think know, that, that was when the was suspended for. Was that when Hairston was in right back? Yeah, that was Hairston. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I agree with you on that one. As much as I would love to say the either the Columbus or the the RSL match from from this week, I mean the RSL match kind of makes sense because it's one that we should have won, but that SKC to squeak out a point against them. That's where we right. started the the five man back or three man back line. Yeah. Um right. and I, I think I think that's that that's also an important game because if you win that game, you're like top three in in the standings. Yeah. And that was a start for our currently like no point streak. Our non skid skid. Yeah. yeah. I'd um, actually go back and say that the one for me would be our f- first game back for the MLS's back kind of not uh, coming out of Orlando when we lost two one to SKC at home. Cause for how bad we are on the road, dropping home points, dropping all three points at home was not good. So that would be mine. Or also that Houston uh, draw that two, two draw felt like we just dropped points, which I just felt bad. Yeah. Um, uh, Joel's 99 says, how much better is Reynoso than everyone else we have playing now? Do you think the inferior play makes him sad? Do you think he's sad? He, he did come in uh, with his uh, fancy mate uh, bowl. Um, coming See that? That was, that, well, that was so intriguing. Yeah, the fact that mate is in, in, in the stadium. Hopefully it will make it to, when we return, it will make it to like some sort of food stand. Yeah. I mean, do you, th- do you think that his awful dye job on his hair is a cry for help for how sad he is. Oh, it could I be. think he he's went. just, I think he's just realizing how Heath actually, uh, man manages. Hmm. <laughs> Heath actually, <laughs> um, uh, the way his man management style is actually doing the hair dye himself. Heath does all the hair dye. Heath comes so, over and he rolls so, up his, rolls up his, his suit sleeves and. So Reynoso's had like, was the first one was like a grayish blue hair, right? And then he went like full full M M&M and M oh. blonde. You know yeah. Cisco Cisco who he's trying to emulate. Lives um, in Maple lives, Grove. Lives in Maple Grove. So yeah. Um, so uh, last question. This is mainly for you, Rodrigo. Seth Stefan Hagen says, uh, since you're uh, since you are opposed to Yedlin um, coming to Minnesota, which Newcastle United soon to be cast off would you welcome to Minnesota? Um, that's a good question. Um, Andy Carroll. <laughs> oh, you know Heath would get a huge boner just thinking about Andy Carroll coming to Minnesota. Uh, oh wow, no. Um, I yeah, I mean like, oh, gosh, Newcastle like breaks my heart every time I watch them play. But oh like, yeah, try being Spurs playing against that bullshit team. Oh, I know it was awesome. Ninety seventh minute. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I was laughing so hard. Uh, we have a we a bunch of soccer dads in our uh, in, in my in Giselle's uh, age group. Uh, we all, like all have like you know a group dad text and like the the laughing emojis and the clowning emojis to all the Spurs fans was glorious that day, and I I, I enjoyed that. But no, like Newcastle is like always relegation type team. Like if I was like. Right now, anyone from this team, like I'd probably take Almiron, right? That's the only like like player that I think would, you know, like. Would I, you bring would Steve like to... Bruce in? No. If I was going to bring any coach, not to coach to play. 
no, I would not bring him to play. Like if I would, if we're talking coaching or like talking former players, and I bring uh, Norberto Solano, who's the current U23 uh, a Peru national team, you know, coach, and I think he he played Newcastle, he played uh, Aston Villa, I think he played West Ham, and so like he's... my dude, you have a brand, and that brand is so good. I wish that I could keep to a brand as good as you. I love it. He muted himself. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. It's like, I'm out. Okay. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just glad Marquette talked crap about Yellen coming in because he finally decided to stay in Newcastle. Because uh-huh. that thing was just, it was just making me angry. Okay, kids. That is the end of the podcast. It's great chatting with you all. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, Minnesota United. We didn't talk about the game coming up, but that's whatever. Who We can't even keep up. This Saturday... FC Cincinnati, uh, 7 p.m. Uh, we will have a, a a modest watch party at the bar. Um, please check out Min, uh, Blackheart of St. Paul's Twitter for the, um, the schedule of EPL and Bundesliga. Um, come watch uh, uh, um, Giovanni Reina with me. Uh, uh, Who won the uh, Sexy Stepdad tournament? Oh, yeah, we didn't derby. do that. Let's do this before we go. There's lots of ste- sexy stepdads out there. We talked about on Twitter, uh, Miguel Arteta, um, Jurgen Klopp, and uh, Lucci doing a fuck Mary kill. Um, I think Arteta is too tough there. I think Pep Guardiola. Oh no, do we this. have four now? Do this, okay? Thierry Henry, Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, fuck Mary kill. Everyone what? has to do this. Oh. All right, Corey, you're up first. I mean, uh you're ooh. I think you're <laughs> I think you're gonna I think I'm gonna kill Pep, fuck Thierry Henry, and my wife's laughing. <laughs> She's and laughing in the background. and uh Mary Jurgen Klopp. Because how would you not want to hang out with that dude every night for the rest uh, no, of the Okay. Life? I, I what I, I could your wife answer the question? She has the, no idea. No, she has no idea. She bring up bring first up. First of all, she would just be like eye. She would just be like Terry Henry for all three of them. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't a good enough. Uh, I think you're absolutely right, Corey. But Pep would probably just uh, in either uh, the FRM uh, tell me what to do too much. He'd be like directing. And it's like okay, can we just in either case he'd make you wear a chunky sweater. Chunky sweater, yeah. Like his big like wraparound oh, oh, Lenny yeah, Kravitz style sweater. sweater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, I would, I would go to town on uh, Thierry Henry and and Klopp. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be great with the kids. Oh my god, just a good hang. He would do the dishes. He would, like it would just be great. We'd do the crossword together. I'd probably kill oh. Klopp just to make Corey sad. Oh my god. Ooh. Just, uh, just oh, give wow. me his. Just you give think, me his you think Pep is going to do the crossword with you? You're going to be. Yeah, he's no, gonna he'd be, he'd like, be my one night stand, and then Henry and me, we'd be, we'd be living our best life for the rest of our life. I, I mean. Wow. I do the crossword okay. with Henri too. Do you have any? Right, right? I, okay, this is this is like okay. So kill Guardiola. I think I married Jurgen Klopp and Klopp and then just fuck whoever's left over. Thierry Henry is left over. Whether it's Thierry or Lucci, it doesn't matter. Like that's no, the no, Lucci's my same. stepdad. You'll stay away from my stepdad, damn it. All right. I'm bang All right, ladies stepdad. and gentlemen, this was the stupidest thing you've ever listened to for an hour and uh, 15 minutes. Uh, thank you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. When I was in high school where they were like, 
hey man, you're so whatever. And I was like, yeah, well, I held hands with your dad at Hot Topic. <laughs> <laughs> I almost spit wine all over my screen. <laughs> Are we still recording so that could be the song? Open? <laughs>